All right. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Wilkie Law here with the Lighthouse Educator Development Project. I'm here with Kyle Krieger. Yes, sir. Ben Scoggin. Good evening, audience. And we're here with our podcast to just give you some information and some little nuggets from our from our existence now. It may be a little silly. We've been clowning all day. Um, but we have a reason to celebrate. So we're going to start off this podcast with a celebration um, that we've actually been approved through the Internal Revenue Service to be a public charity, a nonprofit, 501c3, thanks to Kyle and his due diligence with... Um, with the people over at Paint My Charity and um, a lot of legwork that he did on his own. So, I mean, big ups to, to what we've done and what he's accomplished with this. This gives us, puts us in the right position to, to be able to move forward. Pound sign goals. <sighs> yeah, uh, it was a long process. Uh, it took us a full, full year, full year. A full year from the time we started it, but uh, it was worth it. Everything happens in the right time. So, and now we, you know, we spent a year really building our curriculum, building our brand, making relationships. So now we're in a position to where we can take advantage of those relationships and really provide the value that we want to provide. And that's why we became a nonprofit is to just make sure that at the heart of it was was providing value to teachers and value to kids. And it made more sense and it was more true to who we are that we would be a nonprofit as opposed to uh, being a for-profit company. And I like the way Adam, I think it's Adam Braun who says yeah. it better. It's a for-purpose. Yeah. Uh, and I think that, I don't think there's anyone on the planet that would argue that that what we're trying to do uh, definitely has a purpose and a place in what we're doing, in the, and especially in this country right now. Um, so, big shout out to that. So, let's go on to the next segment. Any other things on the 501c3? Everybody's good? Great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, And just for that, you know, we're going to add some links to our Facebook page where if you want to donate any donations, whether they are time, uh, monetary, will be uh, tax deductible and those things. And we'll be back with you a little bit longer to kind of or in a little while from now to give you more details as to what those things are going to be and and what we need help with. But uh, that's a big part of it, too. So wanted to add that little piece to it there at the end. That's why he's the operating guy. So, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So let's go on to the next segment with the uh, clear the air. Uh, and since I'm leading this podcast, I'm going to pass it to whomever I choose at this time. And right now, I'm going to pass it over to Kyle Krieger. Clear the air. Oh Is man! Is that how you pronounce it? It's <laughs> Krieger. Man, I think you know you. I think you know somebody after five years. I thought it was uh, Krujay. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, Cruzier's fine. Um, yeah, they, they if, put the emphasis on the E. The, the R is silent. Sorry, I'm still in your thunder right now, Kyle. Get after it. <laughs> um, um, uh, clear the air. Uh, yeah, we've been off for, uh, we haven't put a podcast out in like three weeks. We had some technical difficulties with one, and then um, I've had a, a very uh, unexpected thing happened to me. I was visiting family in Wisconsin and I, um, you know, was introduced to a woman that lives in Wisconsin. I'm here in Houston through a friend. Uh, but it's turned out to be one of the best things that ever happened to me. She's so fantastic. So, uh, brought so much to my life in only two weeks. 
that I'm super, super grateful and uh, super uh, appreciative and excited for her to be in my life. Her name is Kara. She's a school counselor. Uh, I'm very thankful. She's actually on her way to Texas tomorrow as we record this on a Thursday night. So I'm uh, very, very grateful, very, feel very blessed to have met her and to have her in my life. So that's, that's me. Uh, ben, I'll, I'll kick it awesome. to you. Hot potato, hot potato, just hucking it across the microphone table. <laughs> Clear in the air. Um, everything that's on your brain, right? Clear in the air. It's kind of foggy right now. A little foggy in my brain space. That's okay. Uh, a lot of stuff coming up in June, so I'm probably going to be out of pocket for most of June. Got some training exercises and whatnot, and some life changes that are happening. You know, pound sign squad goals. Uh, so that's going to take a lot of time. There's a lot of preparation that goes into that. And Kyle knows from uh, spending time around me, I should be a little bit more attentive to the people around me. So I'm trying to make sure I'm staying on top of that while make, making sure that I'm preparing for this crazy month of June. Uh, but after June, things will slow down. Maybe get on a few more podcasts. Heck, maybe I can call in for some podcasts in June. If Kyler Law remembers to tell me. Oh, pound sign, guilt trip. Shame! And on that note, I'm going to lateral it over to Law. All right. See the Uh, circle there? It's more like a triangle right now. It's like a pyramid. All right. um, (laughs) um, My clear the air, um, I guess I'm going to go positive. This is graduation season, and... Um, I've been fortunate enough to be invited to graduations of former students who I've taught. And um, one of them came to me and gave me um, a big hug and thank you and said that they think they believe that because of my impact in their life that they're graduating and that they've actually decided to become a teacher. So to me, that that's like the ultimate shout out um, that I mean, you can't get any better than that. Um, I, I'm just excited about that. Like I normally, I know I'm I'm usually kind of negative about by clear the air. It's usually me griping about something, but this time it's really I'm I'm really excited about the fact that I've I've I'm starting to see the fruits of those labors of, of those years, and that it still grew six years after mm-hmm. leaving with me. So I'm uh, pretty excited about that. So. That's my clear the air. So awesome. big shout out to Aldine High School. So really to all the graduates out there. Um, just remember this. They call it a commencement. That's not the end. Commencement means the beginning. So that as you walk across that stage, don't throw everything away and throw everything you learned away thinking, okay, I'm over with. It's done. No, it's when you put everything in your bag, you put it on your shoulder and say, now my journey begins. So big ups to all the graduates out there. Big shout out to you. You guys, uh, and Godspeed to you in your future endeavors. All right, so we're going to jump into our next segment where we're going to randomly select our We Connect card. And um, <clears throat> Ben selected our We Connect card. And again, we don't look at these beforehand. I'm just now reading it for the first time. Um, so we started with Kyle last time. I'm going to shoot it over to Ben. What is an interesting skill that you have? Uh-huh. Remember, it's a PG podcast. And, okay. Uh, no, no, no. It's going to be... Wow, wow. You just assumed the worst of me right off the bat. Everything I do is PG. I live a very PG life. 
You know, or I say I do, you know. Uh, hmm. I like to feel like I have a bunch of random talents. A master of nothing and just I've always got a bag of tricks on me at all times. So you really, you really, you're confining me in a tight space right now by telling me one. Well, it's, not, it's an interesting skill. An interesting, interesting skill. skill. I was spitting a mad freestyle <laughs> right before we got on the airwaves. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to. We're gonna have to figure out how to cut we'll it in right here. We're gonna cut, cut it in right here so you can oh, listen yeah. to it. Like at this point, uh, we'll we'll kind of we'll stop the podcast and we'll put in the freestyle because the freestyle was PG, right? Yeah. Um, and we'll play that. Ah, never out of now. Put it on the boob of real, make the people want to squeal, uh, with joy. Oh boy, my game ain't a torn. What? End of the track. Oh snap, coming right back. <laughs> I guess if we need something right now, you know, I also, I like to break dance when I was a kid, or I tried to. Wasn't really good at it because, uh, you know, spaghetti arms and no coordination doesn't really add up to a good b-boy, you know? Uh, that's that's for, for all you listeners, that's the term for, a, the proper term for a breakdancer. Breakdancier is b-boy. What's your b-boy name? Oh, ah, uh, we're, we're going to get into that one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Froyo, because I'm white like yogurt and my moves are ice cold. And this yes. is what I deal with. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> see, that's see, my favorite thing ever. Folks got a little, got a little. We're still on track. We're still on track. I'm a little off track there. If if we give y'all anything, like one thing from every one of these podcasts, especially when the three of us are on here, is that we like to have fun, and it helps bring about a lot of ideas that we would normally never have if we tried to force the process constantly. Absolutely. So absolutely, gotta have fun with it. So uh, I have no natural talent in freestyling or breakdancing, but I like to try. So I like to call it a skill. Okay. Uh, not, not a successful skill, but a skill nonetheless. You're going to hear some mad beats. Okay. So we're going we're gonna to move it over to Kyle. Um, An interesting skill. Interesting skill. Um, interesting skill. I would like to say I'm going to give a, a little uh, shout out to my uh, mother's side of the family. My mother's maiden name is Zapatello, which makes me very Italian. So I'm uh, going to go with my beard growing skill. I, I can grow a pretty mean beard pretty quickly. Um, I can't grow anything on top. I'm going to get Ben before he gets me with that one. But uh, When you went Italian, I thought you were going to say you can make a mean box of Kraft Mac and Cheese. <laughs> I can make a mean. I can Back. make a mean box of crap mac and cheese. Next but, time, um, next time you're cooking spaghetti, we have to do an actual test. Yeah, I'm really. I'm just gonna walk up and scoop up the spaghetti and throw it up against the cabinet and see if it sticks. <laughs> yeah, a shout out to my uh, my uncle Bob Zapatello. He also has a fantastic beard. He's my beard uh, spirit animal. So, but I'm gonna say beard growing is an interesting skill that I have. Nice and. For me, an interesting skill that I have, um, and I've been sitting there thinking about it, I just, honestly, I think my interesting skill is I have a gift of gab. I, I can talk to anybody. 
Like, I mean, I'll walk up. I don't care what your background is. I, I think that that's an interesting skill because not a lot of people have that. I mean, I'm, I don't say that I'm, <clears throat> yeah, it's a skill. I've worked at it for a long time. I've, I pride myself in being able to hold a conversation with anybody, uh, stand abrupt to, um, staying up on topics that are that are, that are you know prominent in different areas and just trying to keep my toolbox. Um, pretty pretty uh, relevant. So it's, it's so and to to piggyback off that with you, I, I've noticed how many times we could talk about you. You get into a random conversation, and it's and it's fruitful. You know, you're having conversations just for conversation, but you, I, and that's a skill I almost sort of envy in you that I'm getting better at. Because in you could meet someone, it could be someone on the street you never would have assumed. But you start a conversation with them and it could be, you know, your next business partner, your, your whatever, it, you know, it could be anything. So I really admire and kind of envy that in you that you have that, that you're so, but you're so good at it too. You're so engaging that people, sometimes you have people that just want to talk to you and it's a little bit awkward and you kind of got to run. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's all you do. Talk and run. Hmm? Talk and run. So, big shout out to Chad Littlefield and his team over there at weandme.me, www.weand.me. If you're interested in these cards, they're called the We Connect cards. Great cards to use to start conversations so that we're not spending time asking the same old questions, the same old boring questions. How was your day? How are you? What do you do? Um, if you're interested again, chat Littlefield, www.we and dot yeah. me. Oh, that was an actual question. All right. Um, so we're going to move on. Um, and I want to, I want to, I, I was thinking today, as, you know, it's close of the school year about bringing on a new segment and I'm, I'm going to call it that teacher. Interpret it how you want, but everybody in every campus whether you're a student or it's a colleague, knows that teacher. So I'm just going to kind of throw it out and just throw out to people, you know, do you know that teacher? You don't have to give names, uh, but do you know someone that's that teacher? And I'm not meaning this in the sense of the greatest teacher on the planet, but they're that teacher. I think for me, it's really easy to look at it with a negative connotation and this goes to a conversation we were having yesterday about you know in a class we teachers tend to accentuate the negative behavior and negative kids so for me that always you know saying that teacher it it spurs a negative connotation like of that person who you know is not doing their job they're they're a cancer to what we do but I think it's really important that we start to frame it in the positive sense of saying, you know, that teacher really does um, does represent the teaching craft the way we should. And, um, you know, in those times, I can think, do we want to say names? No. Um, one of the, one of the new teachers that we've worked with actually, you know, being able to work with the new teachers at Stellick was really really fun and I, I'm really impressed by how good they were their first year. I, I would like to recognize all of them as that teacher that even still the last week of school they're still head up, positive, their kids are still engaged, they still got good relationships. So that would be my that teacher moment. Just 
my only uh, reference is going to be from individuals I interact with. So I don't spend a whole lot of time in the education system, but people I know right now that are impressing me. I have a cousin who teaches in San Antonio, and uh, am I? She would be the positive idea of that teacher because you kind of mentioned how that teacher is typically associated with a negative concept which is unfortunate whenever once in a while you have that teacher that person that individual that is that person because of the positive things that they're doing the <clears throat> and so she's like looking into graduate school additional courses coursework to better herself inside of her craft for the simple reason of like being able to contribute more to the classroom, right? Uh, so my someone like that would be that teacher. You know, what are you doing to better yourself? You know, to be either either more positive, working on personal traits to be more positive, like you're saying, in inside the workspace, or maybe your deficiencies in your technical skills. So you're working on those. You're finding your deficiencies. You're working on them to become that person. Oh, good. <clears throat> and for me, I can say that for me, <clears throat> I had an epiphany this week um, working with some students. And one of the students, I asked them the question that we always ask people. Think of a teacher that's impacted you. And um, what, what, was, what was the impact that they gave you? And I was, you know... Kyle has been substituting at our campus, and he worked with a group of students last week, I believe it was, no, a week before. It would have been, yeah, two, two weeks, weeks ago. ago. Yeah. And the little, one of the girls said that he was her favorite teacher. Um, and I thought that was interesting because you can, sometimes teachers can teach students all year long and never make a connection, and here he comes in, and subs usually get a bad rap. Mm -hmm. uh, students usually are a little rougher with substitutes. Um, but he's come in and mastered it to the point to where the kids actually connect with him and really want to connect with him. You know, even walking in the cafeteria, I, I'm watching the kids and they're like, Mr. K, Mr. K, come here. Hey, you know, high five. And I'm like, you know, that just shows me that that he's become, in my eyes, that teacher. Mm -hmm. And I shared with him before that his growth, he had to leave the classroom in order to grow as a teacher to get that point to where, where he is now, that teacher. That, like I said, to me, that's just amazing to see that growth firsthand and to see it take place. And uh, so my hat's off to you for being Thank that you. teacher. Thank you. Appreciate me. that. So, um, so yeah, so that was, um, I almost got a little emotional there, buddy. Thanks. But, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? My thing, breaking out <laughs> but, you know, my thing is I, I love to see great teaching. Mm -hmm. You know, I tell people I'm not, even though I'm the math skills specialist on my campus, I consider myself more of a teaching specialist than a skill specialist. Um, I want to focus more on the craft of teaching, mm -hmm. the connections, and not so much. I mean, content you can get. You can watch Khan Academy videos. Uh, you can watch anything. And you can Google and get instructions on how to do stuff. But you can't Google and find out how to teach. You can't Google and find out how to connect with students and not make it personal yeah. to where you can actually see growth in that. So, um I'm pretty excited about what the future holds for, for us as a team um, but with that becoming the, the norm and creating that teacher experience. I think Kyle texted me the other day and said, you know, we, wanna, we, we don't want to stop doing what we're doing until every student, when you ask them about 
name your favorite student, I mean your favorite teacher, that all of their teachers, they can't pick one, yeah. that all of their teachers were that teacher for them. And I think that, that that's one thing that education should strive for, that every yeah. teacher has that, that, every teacher has that capability. Mm-hmm. You just have to have the right catalyst to pull it out of. Yeah. So, um, all right. So, um, going on to the next segment. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump around a little bit because we're going to go into uh, a segment that I want to call School's Done, Now What? Um, we talked earlier about the fact they were giving me a hard time saying my job is easy. Um, and I shared with them that I am a skills specialist and my job is to, to work on developing the skills of teachers uh, teaching mathematics. And at this point, there's really no mathematics skills being taught. Everything is reviewed. It's already been taught. Um, so right now, my job is kind of resource manager, bringing things in, getting things done. Uh, but I just want to hear your take from that. It's like as, as the year is winding down, uh, how do we get teachers in the mindset that it's not over with until, as they would say, the fat lady sings. Um, but it's not over with until that last bell ring on the last day of school. Mm-hmm. How do we get teachers to get out of that mode and say, okay, it's done? So I can speak from my experience. I'm about to leave a job tomorrow. Right? That is a fact. I'm not joking around about that. I am <laughs> leaving a job tomorrow. And in my head, yeah, part of me just wants to be like, all right, I'm out. Checking out later. But there's a couple things that people need help with. Now, I have no obligation, contractually or anyways, to help them. But I want to help them. Because I feel like I'm part of a team with them. It's not the strongest team I've ever been a part of. But a team nonetheless. There's accountability to them. Whether I help them or not really has no impact on my life in any way. But because I feel like I would be letting down a friend, a peer, a team member, I, I can't do that. I can't leave them high and dry. The, the, for me, and that's always been the biggest thing with any environment I'm in. If I'm leaving a unit or a, a schoolhouse or something like that, wrapping up a period of instruction and you're heading out, it's very easy to just drop your pack and, and start walking as soon as possible, you know? But the thing that makes you want to continue with that 100 plus percent effort all the way through, at least for me, has been the people around me. They still need your help. They can survive, sure, without you. Sometimes, a lot of the time, but do you want to let down a friend? Do you want to let down a peer? Do you want to let down a team member? Somebody that would, and, and you know it, be there for you in a similar situation. So it, it doesn't feel like an obligation anymore to continue forward with your 110% teaching to help a fellow teacher if they're a little bit spread too thin towards the end of the year to help somebody up when they're down. It's not, an, it does, it's not an obligation. It's not a chore. It's something that you want to do. So kind of, kind of side, side of where we were at. But for me, that's what I've found to be something to help you stay strong from the start to the finish. I, and listening to you say that, and this is something, you know, law and I, we've talked about is 
changing the mindset of what the teacher's job is. If, if the teacher believes their job is to pour everything they can into their kids, then you would have a sense of urgency at the end of the year to say, I've got five days left. Mm-hmm. What can I do with these five days to make, to still make an impact with my kids? Yeah. To still change. I mean, cause I was there at school the last seven days, uh, six days, sorry. And did not see a lot of really anything meaningful going on. There were some classes doing projects. There were some classes watching movies and it's, it's survival mode. Yeah. I mean, but it's, it's sort of like you said to me with your job, you're leaving when you start out the year as I'm just trying to get through September. I'm just trying to get through October. I'm just trying to get through November. And it comes to May and you're, you're just saying, I just want to get through the year then you're already set up. So I think, you know, if we're talking about how to get teachers into a mode where they're not quitting in May, it's got to start in August. It's got to start in September. And to look at now these teachers that are just ending in Aldine who are now going to start two weeks earlier. Mm-hmm. So they're losing two weeks of their <clears throat> summer this summer. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to hold all that stuff in. And I, I would really be concerned with the implication and the, the, the effect it has on them going into the next school year. You kind of started in on something else there too, of having your focus be a goal and not a time. Right. You know what I mean? So I'm not reaching for, like you said, just got to make it through this period of time. Just got to make it through this week. Got to make it through this month. Got to make it through this year. Your focus isn't on any goal other than wait until that nine to five. Wait until you can punch that card and leave. Mm-hmm. So you have to shift your what you expect of yourself. You know, and you're talking about how teachers now are kind of shutting down. And I've always said that. I used to say that when you if if Monday you come in longing for Fridays, then you're creating a mood that's longing for Friday in your classroom. Mm-hmm. So your kids are going to long for Friday. Mm-hmm. But if you come in longing for Mondays, then you'll promote that vibe that Monday is the day we're going to get after it. Yeah. You know. Um, I was in one of the uh, new teachers passing by her room and I noticed on her wall that she had this on her whiteboard her kids were making notes and I just pulled it up on Twitter because I, I retweeted it uh, so big shout out to Miss Hurtado who's one of our uh, new teachers that, that came through with us this year um, and she didn't have to she was only required to do one year I mean a half a semester but she did the entire semester mm-hmm. of meeting with us and going through the training and Wednesday, yesterday, she put out a note on the wall saying, picture Wednesday. Where do you see yourself in 12 years? And to me, then the kids just proceeded to write all over the board, different little things where they see. And one of the things that I shared with, um, with some of the teachers is that this is the time all your skills have been taught. All your tests have been taken. This is the time where you have the last ditch effort to make an impact on a kid's life. Mm-hmm. Not just... You get through the year, but you get those kids to a point to where when they go home, they think about what it is that Mr. Scoggin said. What is it that Coach K said? What is it that Mr. Law said that, that that's going to stick with them the entire summer? It could be one little thing that they'll remember next year, and then it'll start them off where they left off, and now they're better because of that. Instead of just, like I say, I get it. I'm tired. I get it. 
you know, you're exhausted. You're ready for the break. Um, but I'm a lifelong learner. So my learning, my, my learning goes 365. I'm, I'm either reading an article, reading a book, or doing something the entire time to make myself better at what I do. And I think that as a whole, teachers have to promote that to their students. That even though the school year is coming to an end, what, what's your plan for the future? What's going to happen next year? You know, what's going to happen when you get to seventh grade if you're a sixth grade teacher? What's going to happen if you're going to the eighth grade? Or, hey, you're a junior now. You're going to be a senior next year. What are your plans? Mm-hmm. Uh, and not just letting kids arbitrarily just go through the motions of just be, becoming glorified babysitters. Um, that's not where we should be going with education. Education, when I first started teaching, they said go bell to bell. And the bell doesn't ring until June 1st at 1 o'clock when the kids go home. Well, and that's the same thing, too, when I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast, too, but especially when I was teaching eighth grade, I had significant relationships with kids I never had in class because, you know, that that time bell to bell between bells and bell to bell before school and bell to bell after school and on, you know, and those all of that is time where you can make an impact and you can pour into a kid. That doesn't seem to be the mentality of some teachers to where it's like you said, it's, it's, you know, time or, or, you know, a a task sensitive as opposed to just having the goal of, I've got these days, I'm going to pour into these kids as much as I can with whatever I can. Mm -hmm. But I think it goes to what you were saying too, that you feel, you feel, even though you're not obligated to it, you feel, still feel like it's your duty. Yep. It's your responsibility because it's, it's. I mean, you're still punching the clock. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's something that you want to do. Right. You wake up in the morning. I mean, like it's, you know, we've always talked about the fact that I wake up in the morning excited at the fact that I get to teach. Mm-hmm. I get to teach and impact and change a kid's life. And to me, that's not something that I take lightly at all. I yeah. I try to move through that with with the greatest of grace, uh, humility respect and uh, for what that position calls for. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that school's almost over. Yeah. And we, I mean, it's like that clock is running. What are you going to do? So, I mean, that's a question to the teachers. What are you going to do? Um, what are you going to do with these next few days? Yeah. I mean, that's what it boils down to now. What, four days? Four days left. Three and a half, technically. So, um all right, so well, before we move on, you kind of hit on something that was, I thought was pretty interesting. Of you know, your, your kid's a junior, he's about to be a senior, and you're just gonna earn sixth grade and he's going into the seventh, they're first grade and they're going into the second, and you're just passing them off to whoever's next, whether you've invested in them or not. And so, in my job right now, and then and what I've done work with the uh, Marine Corps, uh. There's something called turnover when somebody else is taking responsibilities, right? Whenever there's a task that's created, uh, and I'm experiencing it right now with my job, I have to turn over everything that I've been doing. I have to turn it over, right? So uh, no matter what, after Friday, I'm gone. Whatever happens with those processes really isn't my problem, right? That's a crappy way to look at it though, right? Mm -hmm. So what do I do? What have I been doing? I've been trying to automate those processes. I've been trying to make them more efficient. I've been trying to develop them, right? So that there's, it, it's not just the same stagnant process that hasn't developed, that hasn't moved, and it gets passed off to somebody else. 
right? So when you were talking about, you know, investing in kids and, and really putting yourself into them, helping them grow and helping them learn and that, so that they're prepared for that next step, that's, that's your turnover there. That is you, and and for the audience, I don't want you to think that I'm referring to a child as a process or a project, but the the concept is similar and mm-hmm. that if I want there to be long-term success with a student I've been teaching, with a pupil, or with a project I've been working on, I cannot simply think about the time of period that I have ownership of that for. So what does that take? It, it takes one, preparing them for what's next, right? because I can't control whoever's next. I can go up to that teacher and be like, listen, this student struggles with X, Y, and Z. They come from this type of household. I can give them a spreadsheet of every student broken down by emotional traits and learning abilities and disabilities and all these other things, right? But I can't control them. What I can influence is the kid more than anything else, the student, rather. Uh, and so that's, that's what I try to do at my job. Whether I'm on active duty orders with the Marine Corps or whether I'm working a civilian job, you know, I take ownership of it. This project, this process is mine. Mm-hmm. And it's not always glamorous. Trying to instill values and morals in a kid is not glamorous. It's hard. It's rough. Taking a spreadsheet report and trying to make it process faster is not... Nobody's going to make a movie out of that unless you count Office Space. <laughs> right? Uh, great movie, by the way. But but you own it. You own it because it, it is a great movie. That movie's <laughs> hilarious. If there's somebody listening to this right now and you haven't ever seen Office Space, go watch it out when you're done with this. It's awesome. Um, but you, it's yours. It, it is yours to grow. It is yours to develop. It is yours to educate. They are yours to educate. And if your main goal is to just make sure that the student is alive for the next year. You're not doing anything to help them. If my main goal is to simply execute said report or project to completion with the the parameters I've been given, nothing more, nothing less, I have no investment, like no emotional investment, no, no, real accountability other than I have to complete it by X hour on X day. So I, I own it. I stay within whatever rules and regulations I have, but I own it and I make it the best damn thing that I can. If it's a mechanical process, I, I can force it, but if it's a human being, I have to rely on influence. You can't, even a student, you know, I talked about how you can't, you can't tell another teacher, hey, this is how I handle this student. This is how you need to handle it, right? You guys know more from experience. I saw teachers try and do stuff like that when I was growing up. And it ended in, it ended in Benjamin, get out of the room right now. And I'm like, check Raj, because it looks like you two are about to go at it. 
That's not setting a good example, right? But what I can influence is the kid. And I can make the attempts to go into the, the, the student's next teacher and interacting with them. And then that goes on, on to that, that team concept of, you know, I, I've developed a relationship with the teachers around me, so they're more likely to hear me out when I say, listen, this student hasn't tested out of any sort of, y'all right on some knock-knock jokes over there, chuckle, 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 keep going, finish this up. All right, yeah, I know, I'm burning the, the midnight oil, right? But, I don't know, kind of just saying the same thing from a few different angles, but. Yeah, and I really like, you know, the, the, the word influence is yeah. one we've been talking about a ton lately, and, you know, you, you t- you're, you're saying the difference between authority and influence. You know, when it's a process or something like that, you can have authority, but when it comes to human beings, you have to influence. So, that was well said, Benjamin. Very, very well, I'm, I'm gonna get that notebook after this. <laughs> I can't hide that from me. Very All well the chuckle chuckle jokes. All right, so we uh, before we leave out and we give our last little nugget. Um, Man, I really sucked up a lot we, of the airwaves there. Keep writing. We want to do a um, want to oh, do a quick little plug it. for um, for LEA, our Lighthouse Educator Academy. Uh, we're right now looking to partner with school districts. Um, with schools, with principals, administrators who are looking to give their new teachers an edge in this teaching craft. Um, We like to think of ourselves as teaching specialists, Uh, not the greatest teachers on the planet, but people who understand how to connect with students and how to to build those relationships, those authentic relationships with students. And so uh, if you're interested, you know someone, hey, please, 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 www www.theledproject.com um, send them to our website you can email us uh, if you want more information lea at the ledproject.com again that's lea at the ledproject.com we would love to hear from you we'd love to connect and partner with you guys um, so um, get with us and let us know brochures coming out soon that way you can have more information about what we offer, but it is on our website. Yeah, and uh, another thing is we are in the process of uh, moving our podcast over to iTunes. Yeah. So as soon as we get that, uh, we will let you know and we can send you over there and you can subscribe and uh, download it there. And, and leave and comments. Share, leave comments, leave reviews. Uh, we're, we're hoping to climb our way up the education charts in iTunes. We want to be a top 10 uh, education podcast by the end of the year. That's one of our goals. So uh, if you could help us do that, we'd be super appreciative. And as always, we uh, we appreciate you taking the time to listen in. And uh, Who are the top 10 right now? I don't know. It sounds like I have a task. Absolutely. We, we all got tasks, but uh, yeah, bring it home. Um, so if I can just leave a little negative knowledge. Um, Again, I would just say for teachers, use this time. This is so important. Uh, my pastor, Dr. J. Wesley Boyd, always says that if it, if it fizzles at the end, it was faulty at the start. And if your classroom right now is falling apart, then it's too late. You can't go backwards in time. So what you can do right now is start to relight that fuse under your kids asking them questions, engaging them in conversations, engaging them in, in idea making and building 
uh, so that they can go forward and actually know throughout the summer. Give them something to think about. Give them a project over the summer to work on to help them transition into their next grade level um, and have them submit it to their new teachers. I know it's not, oh, but I don't know who they're going to be. It doesn't matter. Can you imagine as a teacher walking into a classroom and every student walks in and say, here, I had a summer project to put together my own learning plan, to research my learning style, to find out what it is, how do I learn best and present it to you. Give them something right now because if you don't, they're going to give you something. <laughs> and this is the time where we have to be really careful about teachers' mental health. Um, we're having teachers calling out right now, which to me makes zero sense. You've made it all the way to the end. And now you want to start calling out. Doesn't make sense to me. You know, go ahead. Stay in the fight. Stick it out. Do what you have to do. You're going to be on vacation soon enough. If you have doctor's appointments, that stuff can be moved. Um, our kids, we, we're, 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 we're training up the next generation. So if we want to show them what it really needs to be, then we have to be in position and be consistent to do that. So if I could tell you anything, stop letting it fizzle. Stop letting it falter. Get in there, get after it, and enjoy the rest of these next few days. And again, congratulations to all the graduates, and big shout out to everybody who's getting ready to start a new part. Peace. We're out. <laughs>